Women have more yin energy and men have more yang energy. And so that's why it's more common like for men to have strokes, have heart attacks. Women are more prone to stuff like fibromyalgia and autoimmune and stuff that's more deficiency related. This is Lady Parts. I'm Andrea Maraskin. I believe that to make informed decisions about our health, women have to break taboos against publicly discussing our basic bodily functions and our most perplexing symptoms. Lady Parts takes a wide view. Transgender and non-binary people have a seat at this table, and yeah, even cisgender guys who care. We're greater than the sum of our parts, but the sum of our parts is pretty gosh darn great too. In this episode, we're going to be talking about traditional Chinese medicine for women's health with Eric Harris. He's the gentleman you heard at the top. It's a totally different way of understanding the body and its processes, one in which, by the way, periods ought to be painless and menopause should not be the ordeal we think of it as. If you listen to episode one, I did say this episode would cover conscious menstruation, but because of some technical difficulties, I'm holding that one for next month. Stay tuned at the end of the episode, though, for a preview. <laughs> so now I feel like we're going to do a meditation podcast, but that's not what this is. Welcome to Lady Parts. The sound you just heard was Eric Harris striking a crystal quartz pyramid to kick things off here. Eric Harris is a holistic healing practitioner based in central Connecticut. He works in several modalities, but the core of his practice is traditional Chinese medicine. He holds a certificate in traditional Chinese medicine from the Wu Healing Center in West Hartford, Connecticut. He also has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Springfield College. I'm joining Eric in this serene practice room in the basement of his house. Uh, it looks like a cross between a massage room and apothecary and a wizard's home office. And today our topic is Chinese medicine for women's health. Eric, thanks so much for doing this. You're welcome. So let's do a little bit of Chinese Medicine 101 uh, before we get into the women's health stuff in particular, because this whole system is nothing like we learned in high school biology class. Yeah. Basically... A lot of people have heard about yin and yang, okay? And what yin and yang is, if you just break it down in its nutshell, it's it's cold and hot, okay? So yin is cooling energy and, and yang is warming energy, okay? And basically our body is striving to find balance between yin and yang. It is particularly related to each of our organs. And we actually, in Chinese medicine, we break it down into organ systems as related to five elemental theory. So you have wood, and there's liver and gallbladder are the paired organ systems. And then you have fire, which is heart and small intestine. And then you have earth, which is spleen and stomach, metal, lung and large intestine, and water is kidney and bladder. And so each one of these organ systems actually have paired meridians in the body. So they're like connected 
to our organs and the meridians move the energy of that organ throughout our body. And that's when you see an acupuncturist, they're working specific acupoints on those meridians. And I do acupressure, so I do the same thing as an acupuncturist, but I use my hands to open up the points. What is a meridian? Yeah, what is a meridian? So a meridian is an energy pathway where chi flows, okay? So we have six coming down each arm. They're paired, all right? And then you have six coming down each leg. And it's, you know, interconnected throughout our whole bodies going into each one of our toes, each one of our fingers. That's basically like how we, we see the flow, the flow of energy in the body. That's one way that we can see that. What if a doctor is doing surgery and opens up a part of the body? Can they see meridians? Can no. they see chi moving? No. But, and they're actually cutting through meridians, to do what they're doing. So it's a, it's an energetic thing. It's more it's more of a feeling than like even though there is a physical component to it, but like I think that's one reason why certain aspects of science have a hard time fully grasping, you know, how it works. Um, but if you break down all of Chinese medicine as a whole, you can see like the actual scientific component of it Um, because the main difference between eastern medicine and western medicine is that in eastern medicine everything is all connected all these organ systems are connected all our meridians are connected okay and everything is working as one whereas in western medicine we tend to break things down into parts you know almost like we're a machine I tell people to check out this book, Between Heaven and Earth. It's a great introduction to Chinese medicine. And in like the first few pages, they actually have this amazing diagram of in Western medicine, the body is like like a robot, kind of like all these machinery. And then in Eastern medicine, you see it's got mountains and rivers and valleys and stuff like that. Like it's a cool like picture of the difference. And, and so once you like you literally have to shift your whole perspective when you're talking about Chinese medicine and change, like I had to learn to think and perceive in a totally different way. The three treasures are, are chi. So, so we discussed chi a little bit, right? But then you have blood and then you also have what is called essence. So blood is, you know, what it goes through our organs, through our muscles, throughout our whole body. And it's something that needs to be nourished and replenished and moved and, and all these things. And so then essence, okay, is also known as Jing. And Jing is our original chi that was given to us from our mother and father. So, so those are the three treasures. Those are also very important um, building blocks of our body uh, function, okay? And then the other thing is how yin is formed and used in our body and yin is all fluids that are other than blood okay so that's very important as it pertains to gyn issues as all so those four those are four main components that we're actually going to talk about a a little bit later i just want to say that like the the three treasures on the landscape you describe the body as a the earth it's it's very um respectful almost like a holy language yeah and, and what Chinese medicine at its core is based off of Taoist philosophy. And like that is all about going with the flow of nature and honoring nature, respecting nature and, and using nature's medicine to heal you. And so and that's why sometimes people call Chinese medicine slow medicine because changes don't happen overnight. 
you know, but they, a lot of times you can see a lot of lasting change, like in, in months to like even a full year, sometimes like things can be totally transformed. So let's talk about the menstrual cycle. So a normal menstrual cycle should be about 28 days and a period should last like three to five days. So like if you, you were to start like at the top, your period, you know, you would want to be moving chi and moving blood during that time. So, you, so you're clearing out the stagnant blood. Yeah, and that's, that's very important at that time. And then after that, you have the follicular phase. And that's when you want to nourish blood and also nourish yin. So that's like when you're re- replenishing and going to, to build and, and strengthen at that time. So that's days 4 to 12. Okay. That's when the ovary is um, forming the follicle, getting ready to release the egg. Correct. And then you're in ovulation. So that's days 12 through 16. And that you also want to move chi and blood at that time. And you want to strengthen the yang energy. And so when I say yang too, that also, uh, it also means like, can mean raising up. Okay, whereas like yin is it can be going down because yang is external of the body and yin is more internal. So you're literally like raising the eggs up, you know, so they are preparing for fertility and, you know, so so they can get their sperm and then make a baby, you know. <laughs> um, so and then the last phase, the luteal phase, that stays 16 through 28. You want to boost your chi and, and also and boost your yang energy. So that's like general tonification to prepare you for your period. So you don't have as much PMS and you don't really have any issues. You know, you don't have a heavy flow or, or clotting or, you know, cramping, all those different things that happen during the period. If your chi is strong, if your blood is strong, then you should have a normal cycle. And we talked about uh, yin and yang before. So both men and women have yin and yang and uh do we have them in in different amounts yeah um i mean definitely women have more yin energy and men have more yang energy and that's why symptoms can be totally different between men and women and so that's why it's more common like for men to have strokes have heart attacks have issues where the yang is rising up have you know, liver disease and, you know, very like excess yang diseases, whereas like women are more prone to stuff like uh, fibromyalgia and autoimmune and, you know, stuff like that, that's more deficiency related diseases. So you're saying that um, there's not supposed to be cramping. So really, the period should be like, totally totally painless it should be no no pms no no pain no headaches you know the blood should be you know not too thick not not too thin like a a very lightish red color and yeah they don't have any of those you know migraines or any of those common things nausea and and stuff like that if we don't naturally have this wonderful <laughs> painless period um how does chinese medicine help you achieve that basically the main thing is making sure that you have enough blood 
truly, like making sure that you're building blood and like getting to that cycle that I was explaining before and nourishing your body. And some of that can be done with food too and like lifestyle um, stuff. But, you know, a lot of the times we use spe specific Chinese formulas to do that. Like there's this one common formula company I'm using herbs right now, they call it Woman's Precious, okay? And that is the main formula that um, actually boosts chi and also nourishes blood and builds blood. And so like that's something that, that women can take pretty regularly to help strengthen those things so that their period, you know, becomes this this normal cycle that we were just talking about. Sounds like a like the girl golem. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. <laughs> well most women I think would be pretty happy, you know, <laughs> and want to uh, you know, hold on to that 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 normal cycle that we were just talking about. So <laughs> So I mean different practitioners use use all different kinds of herb blends. And sometimes they come in a powder and sometimes they're fresh. So maybe um, talk about some of the most important herbs uh, for women's health. Yeah, so I would say the number one herb would be Dong Kwai, Angelica Root, because Dong Kwai helps to, to tonify chi. It helps to build blood. It helps to also move blood too. So like that herb can do a lot of those things that, that we're talking about. If a woman's on birth control, either because she has painful periods or just, you know, as a contraceptive, um, how does that impact your your work with her if she comes to you for uh, menstrual reproductive issues? Yeah, it, it it can impact the if their cycle is is controlled in that way. It can possibly like minimize the effectiveness of what the herbs are going to do and like and and I would maybe not give certain herbs that would be very moving and and to try to initiate change of their cycle too much a lot of times I I try to work with them to get off birth control if, if they're comfortable with that and use the herbs and to give them a good try like give them a good few months and see how it affects because you generally when you start working with herbs you're going to need at least three months to really change your cycle and it might not even be till that fourth month that you see that change you know but that being said i've worked with many women that are on birth control and and given them some herbs to help them also maybe given some herbs for for liver stagnation and general stuff for for you know not too much but um just mostly just building blood and, and nourishing and just kind of just supporting them and not just not moving too much energy. Some of the reasons that you might want to get off of birth control are like if you have kind of bloating, um, mood symptoms like irritability, depression, you know, spotting between periods. And so I'm guessing with the herbs you wouldn't have, you don't have these kind of uh, side effects. Not usually like like that, especially like not stopping their period. But sometimes you can be working through things, you know what I mean? And it might take, you know, you might go through some uncomfortable shifts, like especially with your, your cycle. Like a lot of times when women are taking herbs for that, for that the first month after they're taking herbs might be a very uncomfortable cycle. And it could be because they were on birth control and they didn't have a period for a long time and they had a lot of stagnant blood build up there, you know, and that's when they're going to have really dark red blood coming out. 
I don't know if that was too graphic, no. but you know, no. like kind of sticky, you know, but, and like, and so what I'm saying is, is like, they may have like some of those PMS symptoms and stuff, and it may be very uncomfortable after that first cycle. Okay. But then definitely when they keep taking the herbs too, like then once they come back to that, the cycle after that, so in that second month, it could be like perfectly normal. So I guess like, sometimes you can get some of the symptoms like that, but definitely not like on a regular basis. Like it's, it's how it's, it's bringing you into balance. You, you know what I'm saying? Whereas like some women are on birth control and they're having those, those negative thoughts, that depression, the cramping, the bloating, the spotting, the no period, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like on a regular basis with with the birth control and then maybe they're trying to up their hormone levels or lower them or switch to a different birth you know trying to go through this to try to get it just right whereas in tcm it, it doesn't work in the same way and usually as you as you're clearing through like especially after a couple months go by those symptoms are going to be gone you know and they might not be the same symptoms either that you're experiencing from taking the the birth control Okay, so let's talk about, um, we talked a bit about herbs. Let's talk about the other modalities that you use. Well, so so some of the things that I would do when working with, with a woman that has GYN issues um, is I would do some acupressure to open up specific points, especially in her low back, um, and even do some moxibustion in the lower abdomen as well. And moxibustion is using the herb mugwort, and it's put into either like a cone that you burn or I also have um, some indirect heat shield points that I put on specific areas and the heat from from the mugwort goes deep into the body another thing I would use is like some aromatherapy and you know some of the other modalities I work with some crystal healing some sound healing some reiki but uh, definitely doing the cupping is also really effective because cupping can actually go four inches deep into the body, especially if you're making them really strong. And then I, with you, I also had done slide cupping. So, you know, I put a lot of the oil and, you know, I'm sliding it back and forth. It gives like almost a scraping effect, which is another thing I do called gua sha. Gua sha means scraping in, in TCM. And it's like, and it's really ramping it up and bringing the blood to the surface, helping to move that, that stagnant energy. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, some, some of what I would do. I'd al- I would also actually probably put some, some ear seeds, um, some auriculotherapy. That's a big long term for ear reflexology. It's very similar um, to foot reflexology. You have nerve endings in your ear. There's over 300 acupoints that are associated to specific areas. So I would put the point like for the uterus, some points for inflammation, for liver, for kidney, for spleen. Living in a woman's body can be really hard. Like a lot of us do have pain on our periods or the dealing with the um, the pains of pregnancy and childbirth and then menopause. So are there any advantages that to being a woman compared to being a man from a Chinese medicine perspective? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, let's see. Like... When a when a man every time a man ejaculates he uses he loses jing, that's not the same for women. Um, they lose it sometimes when they you know when they lose blood every month. Um, so that's that's one thing. So that means women can have more sex, all this all the sex we want, but not on our period, right? 
Yeah, not around your period. Yeah. yeah. But quantity-wise, yeah. You're not going to deplete your, your essence, whereas men will, for sure. So um, let's talk about some of the most frequent complaints that women come in uh, to see you with. The probably the most common thing that I see women for is for symptoms related to menopause, either perimenopausal or postmenopausal or or during the change. Um, and, you know, that's most people usually see hot flashes. You know, that's like the number one sign and symptom. And for us, you know, hot flashes are a yin deficiency issue. So that means that there's not enough cooling energy, so the fire is taking over, and the so the heat is, is rising up to the surface, and that's what the hot flash is all about. And, you know, they can have other symptoms. It's very common to have, and you know, insomnia and, you know, anxiety and, and stuff like that, and vaginal dryness, like, because that's also, with the heat, it's it's burning up the yin, okay? So, and that's that's when you're going to see a lot of those those symptoms like that because when the body is dry, that means there's not enough yin, there's not enough fluid, okay? I also see people that have a lot of uh, stagnation in their uterus, and that's usually a more cold-patterned person. Um, they're usually blood deficient, and so that's something like when people have uh, endometriosis or like a lot of fibroids, that's, that's a very common thing uh, that I see. And so for that, um, that's when, you know, I was saying like they have a liver chi stagnation. So you want to move that, that liver energy and you want to move the blood. So whereas like with the menopause is more about building and nourishing something that's deficient, a lot of times you want to clear the stagnation first when you're talking about the endometriosis or, you know, the fibroids, things like that. And there's certain herbs that actually can shrink fibroids. They, we call that cold phlegm. So it can shrink those accumulations. Okay. And so they, a lot of times they need like warming herbs. Like there's this formula called warming the flow. And, and that's when a lot of times heat makes, makes them feel better. Uh, like even if they put like a heating pad or a castor oil pack, something like that. The other thing would be women with like fertility issues, you know, women who are not not being able to get pregnant or, you know, having miscarriages and, and stuff like that. That is going back to what I was talking about with the, the three treasures. And and uh, that's all about like the jing, like ha having the the amount of essence to to create a baby, having enough chi. To, to hold the baby and also like blood to to build and, and nourish the baby you know so so sometimes those things happen like i.e like miscarriage or or, or having trouble getting pregnant because they don't have enough of those those three treasures that are very important and also you know nourishing the yin and i've even worked with women while they were they were pregnant we live in this world where we do expect things to move more, to healing to move more quickly because our lives are expected to move quickly and we have lifestyles that are much different from the times of 3,000 years ago when this was developed. And I, um, I wonder if you, are there times when you get frustrated because your patients are kind of living a lifestyle that isn't 
what you would ideally like to sort of facilitate healing. I'm kind of, I'm sorry, I'm like putting the question in your mouth. I was just wondering like what, what things frustrate you in the course of your practice? Yeah, I mean, I, I've learned to meet people where they are at, you know, and talk with them about their expectations. And some people say, well, I'm not going to change this, you know, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm not going to change my diet. I'm not going to change this and that. I'm like, okay, well, I can work with you where you're at, as long as they continue to like do their work, you know, like my teacher told me many years ago, and I, I still utilize this theory today that it's like, as a healer, I can only do 30% of the work. It's actually up to the patient to do the 70% on their own. And I have many clients that do that 70% and go above and beyond and take their health in their own hands. And then I have many that maybe you're only doing 30% or something like that. And some people might expect to come to me and that, you know, I wave a magic wand and I make all their problems go away. I just kind of roll with it. The, the one frustrating thing, I guess, is like if I – because I always explain to people like what I do and how it works. And then we have like a program like, a you know, this is this is what I recommend for you to do with what you have going on. When there's a chronic condition, a general rule is like especially with working with the herbs, you need to take them for one month for every year of disharmony. So like if you've had something for three years – you might need to take herbs for three months just to see any sort of change, like if it's a real deep-seated chronic condition. And sometimes people aren't patient enough for that. And I've had plenty of people that have come to see me like one time and then like, I don't know, they, they stopped seeing me, you know. And, and I don't think it was anything that I did, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, we definitely live in an impatient society and the medicine that I practice is – with patients. And fortunately, lately, I've been attracting clients that want to do their work and that, you know, want to work with me and like, we're on the journey together and, you know, to make their health better. And I don't see uh, that as much anymore. So I don't know, but that's, there's always people coming and going and stuff, you know, and that's just the way the way it works. Well, yeah, there does seem to be, you know, a certain level of health consciousness that's rising over time. And we live here in Connecticut, and there's a lot of wealthy people. But the other thing is doing herbs for all these months, it, it can get expensive. And we're set up to, you know, be paid a certain amount and then expect to have these health insurance benefits. And a lot of practitioners like you, for way systemic reasons, are not covered by health insurance. So that, that can be another factor, I think, that's definitely kind of something that I usually that I usually take it to consideration. That's tough. Yeah, it is tough. And I try to work with people too. Like I tell people, like, if you really have an issue, like, and you want to work with me, like I'll work with you, you know, and, and I'll recommend certain things. I'm like, okay, well, we could do this, this and this. But if you just do this, this can help. And we could start from there. I, I don't take insurance because of what I do, you know, is not accepted by insurance. But you know, it's also unfortunate what has happened with insurance, too. I see so many people, too, that, like, they, they're spending all this money on all these doctors and all these things that isn't covered by insurance. They're paying way more than what they would even pay for me, even included with the herbs. Like, I, I see that a lot where people will make a decision, like, well, I'm at this certain point. I spent all this money, my deductible, all this stuff, and seen all these doctors, you know. And now, okay, well, now I'm going to allocate a certain amount of these funds to try this out. You know, you know it's really interesting you mentioned deductibles because they keep going up and up. And, 
you know, the real cost of healthcare, the real cost of going to see a doctor is a lot more than it is to come to see you. It's just that if you have insurance, you may not see that whole cost. You may just pay a, a copay. But if you have a di- high deductible, like so many of us do, you would pay that full, you know, 100, 20, 200, 300, whatever it is, if it includes tests. So I wonder if people, well, more people might start coming to holistic medicine because it's just like a more affordable alternative um, as healthcare costs keep rising. Yeah, I, I, and I feel like I've already seen that happen too, you know, and I think also people get to a certain point where they've been sick and unwell for so many years and they've tried it all and then they're like, okay, well now I got to try this, you know, and like people are being much more open now than they were to, to things. Than they were when you started, even I, like 10 years ago? I, I think so, for sure, yeah. People that are making their health their priority a lot of times will lean towards more holistic health, you know, like if people are really actively trying to make change and stuff, you know, because Western medicine doesn't do anything for prevention. You know, Western medicine does do really great things. They save lives and they they do a lot of stuff, you know. Um, There's just certain things that I don't necessarily prescribe to with what they do, you know. And that that preventative piece is just, it's not there. And that's where somebody like me comes in to help prevent these diseases from occurring. You know, Western medicine is great at dealing with them when they're at their escalated heightened rate and giving medication and surgery and stuff like that. So that's, I think that's where that real awakening is coming through. Where people are realizing, well, I'm not getting, I, 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 there's a missing piece here. I'm not getting everything that I need and I have to go find it on my own. So where can listeners find out about more about you and your work? So they can go to my website, which is chieferhealing.com. They can also find me on Facebook. I have a Chief for Healing Facebook page, and I'm all over social media as Chief for Healing. Um, my Snapchat is actually Earthwalker11. So that's, you know, those are some of the places you could find me. And I should mention, you spelled chi, C-H-I. Sometimes we see it spelled Q-I. Yeah. So, um, what if you if you don't live in Connecticut? Um, are there other ways that um, are there, do you work remotely with people? I do. Yeah, I do. I can do herbal consults through either Zoom or Skype or FaceTime. People can also go to my store and and buy purchase some of my products that I make. I I wild forage for herbs and mushrooms, and I make my own herbal tinctures. And there's a lot that I can do remotely with my business, so I can reach anybody in the world. We recorded that interview back in June. Since then, Eric launched his own podcast. He now co-hosts, along with the wonderful Kim Fleck, Healing is in Your Hands, Empower Yourself Through Holistic Healing. Quick plug here, I produce that podcast too. It's a lot of fun to listen to, and... I especially recommend you check out episode four with master aromatherapist John Odlum. You won't believe where some people put their essential oils. All right. So what does science have to say about Chinese medicine for women's health? 
I checked out several meta-analyses that covered hundreds of studies. The researchers who conducted these analyses all lamented problems with the data. In many cases, they found that either the number of subjects in the study was too small or the methodology was flawed. But with that caveat, there have been some promising findings. Here's a few of them. An analysis published last year in BMC Complementary and Alternative Medicine looked at acupoint stimulation for primary dysmenorrhea. That's menstrual pain without a disease as the cause, basically just menstrual cramps on its own. Acupoint stimulation was found to be more effective in reducing pain than NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen and naproxen. They also, uh, there are also some findings about prostaglandins. Now, prostaglandins are chemicals that stimulate uterine contractions, and it's thought that women with painful periods have too much of them in their circulation. Three studies found that acupoint stimulation reduced the presence of a certain prostaglandin in the blood. A literature review in the International Journal of Women's Health looked at acupuncture across different women's health conditions. Reviewers found evidence that acupuncture helps with infertility. They wrote that it may regulate blood flow to the uterus and ovaries. Healthy blood flow encourages the uterus to build a thicker lining, and that increases the chances that an embryo can implant. Acupuncture has also been shown to increase the chances of pregnancy with IVF when performed on the day of embryo transfer. Another meta-analysis found that acupuncture around the time of embryo transfer achieves a live birth rate of 35%. That's compared to 22% without acupuncture. There are indications that acupuncture can initiate ovulation in women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS. Acupuncture has been shown to reduce hyperandrogenism. That's when women with PCOS get acne or facial hair or other male-like traits as a result of excess androgens, which are testosterone-like hormones. Chinese medicine herbs have also been the subject of scientific study. One particular blend called Erxian stands out as being particularly helpful for menopause symptoms. An analysis published in the American Journal of Chinese Medicine found that Erxian is about as effective as hormone therapy for hot flashes and other common menopause complaints. And um, I put links to these studies in the show notes. As I was reading through these studies, it stood out that stress reduction was a big factor that came up again and again with the body-based therapies like acupuncture, acupressure, and moxibustion. It seems that just lowering stress can improve fertility and reduce menstrual cramps, among other things. Just lowering stress. I say that like it's easy. But if you've ever come home on a bad period day and just smoked a bowl, you probably know what I mean. I had production help for this episode from Melissa Davis and from Eamon Linehan. Parts of the episode were recorded at Baobab Tree Studios in beautiful downtown New Haven, Connecticut. The Lady Parts logo is by Jamie Squire, and our theme song is by Adam Ragusia. Other music for this episode by Blue Dot Sessions. Lady Parts comes out on the third Sunday of every month. Coming up next episode, Prakriti Kandel didn't just grow up with taboos around talking about her period. When she was menstruating, her own body was off limits. She couldn't touch her family members, couldn't even walk into certain parts of the house. 
we call it nasune bako. So nasune means you can't touch. I don't know. I don't know the exact reasoning, but it's always that it makes you impure. You know, I had to study biology in school where I learned that menstruation is natural and it's like for babies being born. And I remember, I think we had a discussion in school one day and my best friend said that, you know, if this is like, this is blood that babies are supposed to be nourished by, then isn't it supposed to be even more pure than like normal other blood? How a young girl in Nepal survived puberty with menstrual taboos and came out stronger for it. Plus, is your period a portal between worlds? We look at the spiritual side of menstruation from an earth-based Jewish perspective. Now, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. But seriously, it really helps other people find this show. It's a new show. And it makes me feel good. I'm on Twitter at Andrea underscore Maraskin and Instagram at Andrea Maraskin. You can email me at ladypartsradio at gmail.com. Get in touch and let me know what you think. Thanks so much for listening.